Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, that God, you are coming back. And Lord, we are meant to be ambassadors for your kingdom. Help us to engage, help us to love, help us to encourage. Lord, as we worship you in this house, let us do so with abandonment. Let us raise our hands, Lord, not out of fear, but Lord, out of saying we need our Savior today and we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords in this house. We give you praise, glory, and honor, and God's people said... Let's worship the Lord together this morning. Who has your heart this morning? Does it belong to God? We're going to sing this song, I Give You My Heart. Just offer your heart to Him today. Surrender it. Thanks. Lord, I live for you. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. This is my desire, this is my desire, to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you.
sing that again. I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. One last time I give. I give you my heart, I give you my soul, Lord I give you my heart, I give you my Yeah. 
Take it all, take it all, my life in yours. Sing it again, my heart is yours. My heart is yours. Take it all, take it all, my life. One more time, my heart. with your own words right now. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I part. And you. God, there is no one greater than you. God, thank you for the life that you give to us bring hope. You give us joy. You give us peace. Hallelujah. You are life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every Sing it again. Oh. 
God, our response to your greatness is to throw up our hands and just give you praise. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a time of the word would you just pray over uh, the transition here and the preaching of the word today would you just do that for us
You want me to pray? Lord, thank you for this opportunity again to worship you. Lord, you have our hearts. We give them to you. We surrender to you. Right now, Lord, as we go into looking at your word, God, your word gives us that hope and that joy and that security that no matter what we face, you are in control. God, may it show in the way that we live our lives. God, may we not just hear your word, but may we live out your word day after day, week after week, year after year. And may we see people come to know you as Lord and Savior. I thank you for the purpose that you give to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. Worship team, great job. Thank you so much for helping us enter into a time of worship. All right, so we know we're in the book of? Oh, man, some people have been paying attention. We're in a mini-series called? Yeah, oh, good, all right. A couple people can read Callings and Conflicts, all right? Until I got my work cut out for me this morning. Uh, we're talking about Callings and Conflicts. Uh, and we have been in the book of Acts, but how many of you put puzzles together? Anybody puzzle putter together people? All right, a couple people. Have you ever had been putting the puzzle together and you, you get these pieces and, and they go together, but you don't have the piece they connect with yet? Um, that's maybe why I don't put puzzles together. Um, but what I feel like God wants to do today is before we can continue on in the book of Acts, there's a piece of the puzzle we need to be able to move forward in Acts chapter 13 uh, to look at calling and a conflict in somebody else's life. So we're going to go back in time from Acts, from where we're at in Acts, about 15 years, all right? We're going to look at two sisters who have callings, and they got conflicts. Uh, So we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, uh, and the title of my message today is, There's Something Wrong with Mary. There's something wrong with Mary. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me, please, Jesus. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. When Jesus comes to Bethany, Martha demonstrates hospitality by welcoming Jesus into the home she shares with her sister Mary. She then busies herself with tasks of serving the guests. Although we are not told precisely what those tasks are, I think a good guess would be she began to prep a meal. Because back in Jesus' day, that's how it was done. There wasn't a quick trip where you could run in and get a hot dog and a hamburger for you and your disciples out doing ministry. 
they were traveling. They came to this spot. Martha saw an opportunity to be a blessing, and she said, hey, come to my house. Because Martha has a calling, right? We all have a calling. Amen? All of us have a calling. All of us here this morning have a calling. What's our calling? To know Him and to make Him known. To know Jesus and to help others connect with Jesus. That's everybody's calling. Now, how that calling is fulfilled in your life can be very different. Part of my calling is preaching the word. I love to preach. It's a part of my mission. But not everybody's called to preach. Martha wasn't a preacher, but she was given a great gift. She had the gift of hospitality. Does anybody else share that gift? You love having people over to your house and serving them meals. Anybody? Like the people are like, are you going to invite everybody from church to my house afterwards? Like, they're not sure if they should. Come on, raise your hand if you got the gift of hospitality. Praise God for people who have the gift of hospitality. Anybody not have that gift? Come on. That's not, nope, not in our wheelhouse. That just, and that's okay. Can I tell you something? That's okay. We're all not meant to have the same gifts, and that's all right. Not everybody is meant to have the gift of hospitality. Not everybody is meant to have the gift of preaching the word. And that's okay because we are the body of Christ. We do life together, and the gifts in our life come together, and they form this beautiful tapestry of doing ministry. Amen? Amen. Right, so this is good. We're celebrating. Well, Martha's stepping into her ministry, and thank goodness for her, so the guys don't have to run to quick trip. They're, they're like, all right, we've got a meal. That's great. Meanwhile, her sister Mary sits at Jesus' feet, listening to his words. Rather than assuming the role, assumes the men in this culture. Like, that wasn't his heartbeat. His heartbeat wasn't to follow tradition. His heartbeat was to be functional. I think we need a church that's functional, amen? God wants you to be functional believers, just say that with me. I'm called to be functional. Great. Oh, so I don't think you believe yourselves. One more time. I'm called to be functional. That's right. Amen. We're going to have a functional church because God wants you to be functional. Now, every once in a while, we get, you know, a little hookup in our giddy up. I get it. We all trip and fall down. We all have bad hair days. We all have seasons where it's difficult, challenging. But you know what? God brings us through those things, and we're called to functionality. We're called to be healthy and functional. So the story is going along. We've got two ladies, both who are called, both who are stepping into the moment. But this pleasant story starts to take a sharp turn when Martha, distracted by her many tasks, comes to Jesus and asks the Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. There's three things that I want you to pick out today, and here they are. Number one, identify what is Martha's real problem. Because Martha thinks that she knows what the problem is, but that's not Martha's real problem. We need to get to the real problem. Two, how does Martha attempt to resolve the problem that she thinks she has, which isn't the real issue? But how does she attempt to resolve it? And three, how does Jesus respond to Martha? We'll spend the most time on the first point, so let's jump right into it. The problem with Martha is not that she is busy serving and providing hospitality. 
Certainly, Jesus approve, approves and commends this kind of service. Because right after this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it talks about this kind of behavior of serving the king. So Martha is in this moment of serving. She's in her ministry. She's in her element. Things are going well. She's called to do this. So she's there in that moment. The problem with Martha is not her serving, but rather that she is worried and distracted. The word translated distracted in this verse, I'm not going to try to say it, but in the Greek, it means to be pulled or dragged in different directions. There's that word right there. Robbie, how do you say that word? Bible scholar? Great, you said it way better than I could have. (laughs) To be pulled or dragged in different directions. Have you ever been in that place where you feel pulled in so many different directions? You ever had so much going on in your life? Like you've got work and then you've got things going on with your kids. One's trying to go to college. The other one's in trouble at school. You get a flat tire that morning. Your wife ends up telling you that there was a problem that you forgot about. Hey, by the way, the washing machine's off balance and it spit out all this water and you have to clean this up. Oh, and by the way, the dog's missing. You ever been there? Oh, it's just me. Okay, great. Well, now you know everything I did on vacation. Thank goodness I didn't have to do ministry. You know, I'm just kidding. Um, We've all been there, pulled in different directions, and that's where she is. Her problem is not that she's serving. Her problem is not that her gift is hospitality. This needs to get done, because if there's not a meal, Jesus gets done teaching, and everybody is hungry in a bad attitude. And I can tell you, being a pastor at a church, when people are hungry, it's not good. That's why service is done by a certain time. I'm not a fool. There's a time we get out of here because if not, the pastor gets stoned in the parking lot. All right? So, I mean, that's the way ministry is run. So she's where she's supposed to be, but she's distracted. She's being pulled. So what's distracting Martha? Well, she's distracted by the preparations that had to be made. But we, there's a to Jesus Martha's their focus. I'm going to give you a clue here. Your biggest problem is your focus. Your biggest problem is your focus. Martha becomes fixated on her sister and what she is doing or what she is not doing. Can't you see it in your mind? I see this house, right? And you've got the, probably the rounded doors you know what I'm seeing, and, and, and the kitchen's here, and then the, the, probably the, the seating area is right here, and every time Martha goes by that door, she's looking, I can't believe my sister's sitting there, and she's just sitting there, and I have to do this with the flour, and this with the olives, and this with the oil, and, and then she'd go by that door, oh, there she gets again, and she becomes fixated on Martha, or Mary. Here's the interesting thing that's probably happening. She becomes so fixated on Mary, she's no longer paying attention to anything Jesus is saying. She could be in the kitchen, and she could be doing those things and still be hearing and still be listening, but that's not where her mind's gone. We know that because she is fixated on Mary. And every time she walks by that door, it is welling up bigger and bigger and bigger. And you can just see the color of her skin begin to change from a nice olive color to pink to now bright red. She looked like your jacket this morning, just 
like my sister Mary, I'd like to just slap her across the head and get, drag her in here by her hair and get her cooking because she's transfixed. Martha's distraction and worry leave no room for the most important aspect of hospitality, to gracious, the gracious attention of the guest. Because of her focus, now she's stepping out of her calling. Because of her focus, she's now stepping out of her gifts. She is missing the bigger picture. In fact, she breaks the rule of hospitality in the culture at the time by trying to embarrass her sister in front of the guest and asking the guest to intervene in the family dispute. Not healthy, by the way. Not functional. She even goes so far to accuse Jesus of not caring. What happened? This thing has turned, it all was so good, and it all turned into a tragic car wreck in between the kitchen and the dining room table. All of this drama is playing out, just like it does in our lives. And a lot of times, it's in the exact same place, between the kitchen and the dining room table. I think we got to change the title of the message, because the problem is not with, with Mary, the problem is with Martha. There's a problem with Martha. Martha's focus on her sister becomes so fixated, she could not focus on Jesus or service to him. Martha's worry and distractions prevents her from being truly present with Jesus and causes her to drive a wedge between her and her sister and herself, between Jesus and herself. She's missed out on the one thing needed for true hospitality. There's no greater hospitality than listening to your guest. How much more so when the guest is Jesus? So Jesus says, to, Jesus says that Mary has chosen the better part, and that will not be taken away from her. The devil has a way of using people to misdirect our focus and to steal our joy and purpose. Let me say that again. The devil has a way of using people to misdirect our focus and to steal our joy and purpose. I'm 45 years old, and believe me, I felt every bit of 45 going down those water slides. If not the moment I was going down, definitely the next morning I felt 45. I probably felt closer to 75, to be honest. It was not, it was not good. Especially after you climb fly flight of stairs. Let me tell you, I was feeling my age. All right, there's all these young kids running up there with their tubes. <laughs> A little bit of math. I'm 45, I'm 544 months old, 2,367 weeks, 16,570 days, 397,000 hours plus, and almost 24 million minutes. That's a lot of time. And the truth is, if I'm honest, that my time ahead of me is probably shorter than what's behind me. At best, I'm probably equal. But in all reality, I'm probably not going to live another 45 years. So the time in front of me is shorter. And some of you can make me relate to that this morning. And I have to stop and ask myself, how many of those minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, or even years have I allowed the devil to use someone in my life to misdirect my focus and steal my joy and purpose? 
And it's not their fault. It's not Mary's fault that Martha has the wrong focus. I'm not blaming anybody else here. I'm blaming me. How much of my time have I allowed the devil to steal away? How much time have I spent trying to live up to someone else's perceptions of what a pastor should be? How much ministry time did I waste trying to appease someone? Man, I got to tell you, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed when I think about it. Because it's something that God's really began to stir in my heart the last few months. It's like, listen, stop trying to get people to come to your church out of appeasement. Like, we'll come and we'll build a church around you. No, we are called to be a church of vision and mission. This is who we are. This is how we function. This is where we're going. If you want to get on board, great. If not, that's okay, because there's 31 other flavors here in town that you can choose on a Sunday morning. Not everybody is meant to fit in here, and that's okay. But God has called us with purpose and vision. And that should be the number one thing that we are talking about. And I wonder how much time have I allowed the devil to strip away from me? How much time have I let him steal my focus from Jesus and his presence and his direction and his encouragements? Well, no more. I'm not going to let him steal any more of my time. I got too much to do in God's calling on my life. I've got too much life to live ahead of me to let the devil steal any more time from me. And I believe that God wants to share that same heartbeat with you. Stop letting the devil steal your time by focusing on someone that you probably can't change or fix the situation of. How much better would it have been for Martha to just go, stop, take a minute, let me breathe. Let me go outside, collect my thoughts, come back in and get to what God wants me to do and step into the joy he has for my life. But we don't do that. We just keep trotting on, pushing forward, letting our focus be stripped away by the enemy, focused on a person, focused on a situation, focused on whatever, and we just dwell on it and dwell on it and dwell on it, and we talk bad about it, and we, we talk about we let fear rise up in our hearts and minds, and then guess what? Where's our witness at? It's lost in the moment. Where was Martha's witness when she comes in and embarrasses her sister in front of Jesus? Not only that, embarrasses Jesus. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't embarrassed, but I mean, Jesus, don't you care? In front of the disciples, in front of his ministry team. And somewhere is Lazarus, because Lazarus is their brother. He's taking a nap somewhere. He's laying down somewhere, because every time we see him in the Bible, he's laying down. So I'm sure he's laying down. He's got to be embarrassed. Refocus time. And I'm going to, instead, she could have just said, I'm going to get busy with the things that God has placed in my life, the great relationships I have. Thank goodness I have a sister. Thank goodness I've got a sister who's sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the master when she could be out hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong things. But thank goodness she's at the dinner table listening to the words of Jesus. You know what's interesting? When our focus gets off course, you know what we should start doing? Be thankful. Because when we're thankful, it realigns us back to where we should be. Okay, so your kids are messed up. I get it. But you got your kids. 
So praise him. Man, that house, that gas bill keeps going up every, every week. <laughs> Come on, at least you got a car to put gas in. We got to choose. We got to choose. And it's in these, you're like, Pastor, this is just so small, petty stuff. Guys, this is where battles are won and lost, is in this small stuff. You figure this stuff out, the big stuff is easy in comparison. But we got to do the small stuff in our life, the heart work. Because here she is, and she is lost in the moment. No more. Don't let, this, don't let the devil steal from you anymore. All right, I'm going there. It does not matter who sits in the White House. That does not dictate whether or not I serve Jesus. I'm sorry. It doesn't. I may not agree with his policies. I might agree with every policy. But it doesn't matter. I'm still going to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And can I tell you, when we get transfixed on people and what they do or what they do not do, it is a form of worship. We are worshiping the wrong thing. Lord, help me. I don't care who, what, what party you're voting for. I really don't. But can I tell you this? Don't idolize an individual to the point of where it's worship. You go, well, I'm not singing songs. I'm not laying down. I'm not. Yeah, but when your thoughts and focus are solely on that person, that's worship. And it's not good because Jesus sits on a throne by himself. He does not share his throne. And church, we've got to be willing to put Jesus there. And everything has to come underneath that. All right, so how does Martha handle this? Point two. We're not going to be as long on these points. How does she handle it? What's she do? She's got a pro- her problem. She thinks she's got a problem because Martha's not doing, Mary's not doing what Martha wants her to do. So what does she do? She tattles. <laughs> okay. I'll put it in a nicer spin. She prays, basically, right? Because she went and she talked with Jesus. That's what prayer is. But it's not the thing that she, like, that's the right thing to do. It's how she went about it that was wrong. Does that make sense? Like, I'm wondering sometimes if we pray the wrong way. (laughs) Like, we're doing the right thing in the wrong way with the wrong heart. She goes in and she's like, first she's accusatory of Jesus. Like, don't you care for me? Okay, we know that the word is true. Jesus cares for you. He loves you. But she goes in and she makes it a big public affair. Why, Why not pull Mary aside? Mary. Can, can I just talk with you for a moment? Nope. Nope, nope. She is beyond that point. She has let it build up to the point where the top is blowing off and she just loses it in the dining room. That's not the right approach. That's not the right approach. Like I said, she could have easily stepped outside for a moment, caught her breath, refocused, and stepped back into her joy. But she chose not to. Basically, Martha was praying. Have Mary do what my expectations are so I can do what I'm called to do. I'll get back to work in the kitchen, Lord, once you straighten out my sister. 
And I wonder how much time the church prays that way. Lord, I will do what you're calling me to do, but so-and-so in church today is wearing the wrong color shoes and they don't match. So Lord, just change their heart and then I can focus on you in church. Give me a break. Move your eyeballs off the floor and put them back on the focus of Jesus. I don't care what shoes you're wearing this morning. I just want you to have a pair of shoes, and if you don't, I'll get you some. All right? That's what's important. Stop letting the devil steal your joy by focusing on people. Stop praying, God, straighten them out, and then I'll do what I'm supposed to do. No, Lord, I will do what I am going to do. I'm going to do what you called me to do. I'm going to make the changes that you're calling me to make in my life. And Lord, I am also praying for my brother or my sister or my niece or my kids that God, you would do what you want to do in their life. Don't do what I want you to do in their life. Because what she was basically praying was saying, change Mary, take her so that she's doing what I want her to do when Mary was doing what Jesus wanted her to do the entire time. And I wonder sometimes if we're praying and we're going, Lord, do this with our kids, do this with our kids, do that with our kids, do this with my mom and dad, do this with this situation, do this with my boss, when they're right where they're supposed to be so God can do something bigger in their life. And meanwhile, we're praying against it because we are so transfixed on ourselves, going, well, I've got it all figured out. I just need to tell Jesus how it needs to go. He's bigger than we are. And he will use it all. He is the most artsy Pinterest God out there. Let me tell you, he is going to go find a creative way to do something in a way that you never thought possible. You go, well, this is just a bunch. This, this is a, I'm, he's excited. Let's get in there together. But we got to free him up taking broken messes and situation and broken hearts and bringing them together. But we got to free him up to do that. And meanwhile, we should be going, Lord, what is it you're trying to teach me in the midst of this? How can you change my perspective? All right, final thing, Jesus' response. Verse 41 says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from you. Robbie and Adrian, if you guys could come. Adrian, if you can play on the cajon. Robbie, if you could just come to the piano and just start playing something. We're going to go into a worship song here in a minute. Jesus looks at Martha. And the answer he gives is not what Martha wants. In her mind, he, he thought, she thought, Jesus is going to go, Mary, get in that kitchen. But that's not what happened. And look how he responds. He, he calls Martha's name twice. This is a cultural thing that you find within the Bible. There are several examples where when God speaks to someone, he calls them twice. And in other words, this is important, is what that means. He's not trying to shame Martha, but Martha brought it public. Can I tell you this? Jesus will deal with the stuff in your heart in, in the private if you deal with him in the private. But when you go public and air out your dirty laundry, the correction will come publicly. I've seen it happen a bazillion times. So Jesus responds publicly because now she's brought everybody into this situation. That was her decision. But Jesus isn't cruel or mean. He goes, Martha, Martha, listen, listen, this is important. Your sister's focus is in the right place. 
It's your focus that is misaligned. Choose what's better, church. Choose what's better. Choose to focus on Jesus. Choose to let go of the thing that that you're focusing on and let God have it. You'll be much healthier, much happier. Church, this morning is your focus on the wrong thing. Remember, it's not the act of serving that was Martha's problem. It was her focus. Are you focusing on the wrong thing? Is there a person that you're so fixated on that is driving you nuts? It's eating up your life. It's stealing you away from what God wants you to be focused on. Then we need to let it go. As Robbie and Adrian play this song, would you just take a moment to have a heart-to-heart with God? Instead of doing it publicly, let's do it privately in our hearts. Is there something that the Holy Spirit needs to speak to you about to go, okay, we got to deal with this. You got to let this go. We got to change your focus. Let's just take a few moments. Forget about where you're going for lunch or that you got to get home or that you got to be thinking about work or whatever the next thing is. Just let it all go for just a minute. Take the next few moments and just focus on the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Robbie, would you lead us? God, whatever it is that we've got in our heart, it's not lined up with the way that you're calling us. With our focus maybe transfixed on an issue, on what somebody else is doing or what they're not doing. Lord, we need to leave that in your hands. Lord, I pray for the people here today. But Lord, when we have allowed the enemy to steal our time and our focus, and he'll use people to do it, and it's not that person's fault, we've allowed the enemy to do it. Lord, I pray, redeem the time. Redeem the time. 
Lord, you've called us to live a life that is full. It's overflowing, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Lord, let joy rule in your people's lives. Let thankfulness come out of our lips. Instead of complaining and and getting focused and allowing our hearts to get all out of place, Lord, let us be thankful and grateful that, yes, they may have still hope because the king is still on the throne. Lord, when we begin to feel our focus go in the places it shouldn't, help us to remember to be thankful. Help us to redeem the time. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor today. We're going to close our service by doing one more thing. Uh, Is there anybody here in church today uh, that you or family member is going to have a procedure, medical procedure this week? If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Okay. Robbie, I think you're the only one. Uh, Robbie's going to have heart surgery on Friday. Um, Robbie, would you just come here? We want to pray for you today. It's going to go great, man. Yes. They're going to give you a heart just like Tony Stark. It's going to glow. It's going to yes. be awesome. It's going to come back like Iron Man. Uh, so it'll be, Robbie will have several weeks of recovery. He won't be leading worship for this for a while. But guys, aren't we blessed that we have Robbie to lead worship? Man, is he not a gift to our church? Um, Adrian, why don't, you, why don't you come up here? I want you to, to pray too. Um, church, would you stretch out a hand towards Robbie? And I'm going to ask, Adrian, if you want to pray o- over Robbie uh, for a surgery on Friday, and then also if you want to pray over our offering, and we'll dismiss. Dear Jesus, as a church, we now come to you, God, and we ask for your protection over Robbie, God. We thank you for all the things that you're doing through him, God, in the ways that you're leading him to lead us as a church, God, through worship and through grow groups. And God, we pray that through this procedure, God, that you will give him insight and that his worship and his leadership, God, will be improved through this process um, because you're going to teach him amazing things. God, we pray for all of the doctors that are going to be working, um, that you'd give them all the wisdom that they need, that you would work through them, God, as they help Robbie. God, I pray that you would give Robbie um, peace like he's never felt before and trust, and God, that you would help us to be praying for him and for his family throughout this week, God. We know that you do amazing things, and God, sometimes um, the most difficult things are the ways that you grow us the most, and I believe, God, that you can use this um, for Robbie to be able to connect with people Um, maybe that have gone through something like this that he's never been able to understand, and he will after this. So, God, we thank you and we trust you, and we know that you have Robbie in your hands. God, we also pray as we end service today, God, and we give our tithes and offerings that you would bless it, um, that you would use what we give, God, um, to do amazing things, and that you would take that and honor it, God. Um, And we also pray as we go out through our weeks, that you would be with each of us and help us to bring the church outside of this building, um, that you would be able to touch our cities and our communities. In Jesus' name, amen.